Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Safe House Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. For God is good and he's worthy to be praised. And we're just so elated to be here with you again on this morning. To all of you all here in the local locale that's part of the local ministry. To those who may be watching via Facebook Live or Instagram or YouTube. Or to those who may be listening later on in the week during the podcast. God bless you and welcome to 2023. We know last week that our new year bled over uh, into our traditional Sunday morning service. So the decision was made. Um, We want people to enjoy their families. Amen. Because our first ministry is there with our families. Amen. And we're just so grateful to God for giving us the opportunity to be here with him yet again. I believe there is a word from the Lord. There is going to be some vision casting in our service in today. Amen. I'm just so grateful for all that God has done and all that he continues to do for us. And we just look forward to what he's going to do um, this new year. So as we get ready and we go right into with our fabulous um, praise and worship leader, Sister Johnson, as she takes us in to worship on this morning. God bless you all. And we look forward to seeing you here very, very soon. Sister Johnson, it's on you. Good morning. Good morning, Safe House. It's so good to be back with you all. I pray that you all have had a wonderful start to your year. Hallelujah. I say yes to my Lord. I say yes to my Lord. He's done great things. He's done great things. I say yes, yes, yes to my Lord. Life. Place my feet on straight street. Gave me peace of mind. He's 
Yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll obey. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whatever he requires of me this year, my answer, it will be yes. And even though I may be saying yes, I may be scared. But I encourage you this year to go scared. No matter what God has asked of you, let your answer be yes. Hallelujah. you, but I'm grateful that God allowed me to cross over into another year. I realized that some didn't make it. As a matter of fact, some crossed over and they're not here now. <laughs> so I just thank God for another day, another opportunity to give his name, the glory, the honor, and the praise. Somehow I made it. I made it. In spite of the storm, heartaches and pains, I'm still alive, declaring that I made it through. We didn't lose. We made an experience loss at a major cost. But I didn't lose faith in you. So glad I made it. made it 
How many of you know he's worthy to be praised on this morning? How many of you know that he's worthy to be praised? He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy of all our praise. I don't know about y'all, but Sister Johnson then took us back to church this morning. That he is worthy to be praised. How many of you know it's that blood? It was If it was not for his blood, his blood, his blood, his blood. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lift your hands to him right now? Lift your hands to him right now and give him praise. Oh, he's reminding you of how he took care of you all of 2022. The good things, the bad things, the situations, the circumstances, things that didn't go exactly the way that you thought they would go, the things that you went through, the things that you thought would kill you, the things that came to depress you, the things that came to get in your way. But here is he is reminding us, us and keeping us and loving on us and keeping us alive. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I am for one, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful to know that all blessings flow from him, that all blessings flow from him, that his hand is not short that he can't save. His hand is not short that he doesn't reach it out to us, that his hand is in his hand, it's in his hand. How many of you know that we are in his hands? Hallelujah. How many of you are grateful to be in his hands this morning? You don't want to be in the hands of an angry God, but I'm in the hands of a merciful God, that he's merciful towards us. Even when I messed up, even when I did things, even when I found myself in a world of sin, there he was to say, here's an extended hand to say, come unto me, come unto me, come unto me, come unto me, all thee that have labored, and I will let you find rest. Here, this is our first full Sunday. I know last year, I mean, last week was actually the first Sunday, but this is our first full Sunday in the service this morning. And we just want to give his name the praise. The atmosphere has been set. Hallelujah. The worship and the anointing has been set. The oil has been poured. And all you got to do is walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. We see the whole world has been praying because of athletes. And I'm not saying they shouldn't pray. We prayed also. But if they can just pray for their gods, amen. If they pray for their gods of the gridiron, what more can we do and pray for the God that we know exists? The one that gave that young man life. The one that kept that young man alive. That one that spared that young man's life. Come on, church. We should be the ones that should be leading this thing, amen. We should be the ones that should be proclaiming the word of God. We should be the ones that are proclaiming his goodness and that he lives. And not because we we know it, that we know that we know that we know that he lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Can we have church this morning? Can we have church this morning? Can we give his name the praise that when your child was lost out there, when you was worried about being sick in your body, when you caught COVID last year, that God spared you, when you was in fear of losing your job, when they told you and they gave you that blue slip and God made a way out of no way, he set the thing up there. The Bible says that what? That your steps are ordered. And he's ordered your steps. I'm grateful. 
I'm grateful because I could not have wrote the script that he has written for me. And I know you couldn't write the script that he's written for you. And we're just so grateful this morning. Hallelujah. How many of you just happy in Jesus on today? Just happy on Jesus on today. Amen. I'm just so grateful for the wonderful job that Sister Johnson did this morning that she brought us back to church. I know this contemporary stuff that we into that. And I am, you know, and I like my share of it too. But it's nothing like just going back to the old time in Gospels. It's something about those songs, those blood songs, they have power in them. It's something about those songs that change the atmosphere. It's something about when you hear those songs that your, your spirit get moved, that they sung with power and they sung with conviction. Amen. And I am one, I am grateful, grateful, grateful. Amen. Grateful, grateful, grateful that these songs are sung with such power and conviction. Amen. For we serve an awesome God, an awesome God as we go into here the new year amen and we're just grateful to all everybody who's here um if this is your first time tuning in with us um welcome to the safe house church of greensboro north carolina my name is dr peter ely and i have the wonderful privilege of serving as pastor um over this part of the vineyard amen and we're just grateful for all god has done for us um if you're watching about here please share this with somebody else there's several ways to get us you can go to our website safe house church GSO, we stream live on our website, amen. No censoring, no nothing. I mean, it's what you know, it, what you see is what you get. Then, of course, you have all the social media platforms, Facebook. We actually just started from streaming on Instagram, so that's new for this year, amen. We still have some bugs and things we're trying to work out on Instagram because Instagram is a different little beast, amen. But we are live um, on Instagram. You just go to my page, Gospel Professor. And you'll see us there on Instagram if that's your platform of choice. Then we have also the YouTube. And we want to get this gospel out to as many as possible. He told us to go out into all the world and what compelled them to come. And we're doing our part in that. And we're grateful for each and every one of you. Grateful that God took us all through 2022 without us losing anybody. Amen. From my understanding, everybody's with us. So I made that worse. <laughs> you know, I got several microphones laying around here. Um, and I'm just so grateful to, um, yeah, that's bothering me. <laughs> and it's right on top of the word. Uh, let me slide this. You know how a little thing sometimes bother you? That one just bothered me. Hey, Amen. It's right on top of the word. Okay, that'd be good enough. But we're just grateful to him from whom all blessings flow and how he's washed up and he kept us. Didn't say that 2000, um, um, 22 was perfect for us, amen, but it was good, amen, that it things happened exactly the way that God wanted them to happen, and he preferred for them to happen, and I am one, am grateful for all that he's done and all that he continues to do for us, that he's kept us, no, not one member of our congregation saw a hospital, amen, um, not overnight, amen, anyway, and we're just grateful for that, amen, God has blessed us, new babies have been conceived, and you know, the God has blessed me. He's told us to be fruitful and multiply, and we're doing our part in that. God has blessed us financially, you know, to keep us together. Amen. And it's just all these blessings that we're not taking for granted, but we're just grateful to God um, for doing these things for us. For we know it's not us, but it's he that has made us, it's, you know, and we're just grateful for all those things. So here at the Safe House Church, we work off three um, principles that we believe God has called us to. 
and we call it DEA, Discipleship, Empowerment, and Accountability. Discipleship in that we're going to walk with you, we're going to talk with you, we're going to walk this walk with you, and we're going to hold your hand, amen, as you go. Then empowerment, that when you get to a point of accountability, that we empower you to do the, the things that God has called you to do, to use the unique gifts and talents that God has given you. And then accountability, that what we are held accountable for each and everything that we do and all the resources and things that God has done given us amen to use amen because there's things that he's given us and he's put in your plate and he's put in my hand and he's put in your hand that he expects us to use and therefore what is on us to make sure that we use them so i am grateful to god for all of that amen so i I'm just grateful for that so we're just grateful grateful for god has just been so good amen and um Think as we go forward on this year, you know, this is the year of Rehoboth. Rehoboth, last year we was in the year of the double harvest, and it truly was a year of double harvest. I mean, it was harvest in areas that many of us didn't think. I know when people think about harvest, they think about what can I get and what can I, you know, but we were more in the mode of what could we give. And as we gave, God opened up new opportunities for us to give. We did our backpack giveaway on last year and that went tremendously well amen we we did at the end of last the, the previous year we did our um annual um, hats and gloves amen and that went well so god just continually opening up doors for us um as a ministry to do different things as he continues and we walk in the walk and talk the talk amen that we know we are a different ministry amen we are probably an acquired taste when this is why i believe god has many different people. There are people that I know I can reach and there's people that you can reach, but then there's some people that they just have to have a different pastor to reach them. Amen. And that's fine. But here at the Safe House Church, we believe that holiness is right. Amen. We believe in walking by faith and not by sight. You're not looking at a perfect people, but you're looking at a blessed people. You're looking at a saved people and you're looking at the people who are working hard to make the journey. Amen. For this thing is a journey. Amen. I know everybody talks about heaven is the destination and that is true, but it's the things that you pick up along the journey that just change you. It's the things that you pick up along the way that God, how he molds you and how he takes things off of you and how he continues to um, mold us into the mode and what he will have us to be. And I, for one, am grateful, grateful, grateful. And I know that many of you, um, all of you all are also. I'm not going to belabor the point today. I'm going to get right into what I believe God has given me to share with you on today. For there is a word from the Lord. And traditionally, most of the time, you know, especially the first um, full message, because we had our um, New Year service and the tremendous testimonies. And I know some was like, you know, well, I, well, I want to give my testimony. And I'm here to tell you today that I've got some calls about how people were blessed by some of the things that you all said. So I'm here to tell you, do not be deceived. <laughs> do not be deceived. The Bible said what? Small beginnings. And I know some of you feel, uh, you know, members here at the Safe House Church, you feel that, well, my testimony is insignificant. This hadn't happened or this or I, I just don't feel. And those who told it, amen, I've gotten some calls. And, I, you know, I'm not lying to you all. Y'all know that. And they called and said how much they, you know, enjoyed the service. Not even members here. You do not know who's watching, and God has shown me that time and time again. And there have been times that I've been discouraged. I know there's time that we've been discouraged as a church and said, Lord, it don't seem like we're growing the way that we want to grow or this kind of thing. But then when I find out is, you know, it's not about the numbers, but the quality that God has given us, the quality of individuals that come in and we pray every single day. But, you know, there's a saying that says the family that prays together stays together. Amen. And, and as we continue to pray, and I notice that there's calls we're getting. 
young lady called a couple of weeks ago. I was telling you all about, and we prayed and we ministered to her. Amen. And she has some really some severe situations going on, and we just prayed with her. Amen. And and we gave her the word of faith. Amen. And and what just said the Lord, because we don't deviate from this Bible. It like as Joe also said, we can do what it says we can do. Amen. And that's what we did. And then there's others who reached out and was talking about how they are sick and shut in or they're starting to share links with family members and this thing. So you all do not know the impact that you have. Oftentimes you underestimate the impact you have. I think there's a famous saying, I think by Dr. Maya Angelou that says that, you know, your greatest fear is, is not the really, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not the fear itself, but it's that you are actually greater than what you think you are. Amen. And what we find is that we have more impact than you think you have, amen. You don't know who's seeing you. You don't know who's watching from afar. You don't know who's watching in the shadows and the clouds. And it might be something that you've said, something that you did, something that you, you thought of that completely changed their whole outlook and how they see things. And for that, we are grateful. And you'll find us to be uh, authentic people, amen. And we try to work in authenticity, um, as we go forward, and I thank you all for your prayers that you solicited to my family. Amen. We had two birthdays on last week. I had double duty on yesterday. I had two parties to go to. My mom, my my niece, you know, she celebrated 16. And yep, my brother then splurged and got her a car. So hopefully he know what he doing. Amen. But I'm just grateful. That's my only niece, and we love her so much. And then here, my mother-in-law. God bless her to see 77 years of life. Amen. And was able to take her out on yesterday and celebrate her birthday. So I was just thinking about that. Yesterday was the seventh, and she turned 77. That's triple seven, amen. So I'm telling her this is her year, <laughs> you know, triple seven, seven, seven. You can't get any better than that. You got the Trinity, and you got perfection three times, amen. But we're grateful um, as she celebrated that birthday on yesterday and that she's still here with us, amen. So as we go forward, there is a word from the Lord, amen, as we cast um, vision on this day. And I want to speak with you a little bit on this morning and I and I failed to realize, I don't think I changed the color of my words on this, so I don't know if we're going to be able to see all the words and the colors that I need them to be seen in, but we're going to try to work this anyway. Um, I think it's great, so maybe it wouldn't show um, background too bad. But nonetheless, there is a word from the Lord, and we want to go, let us pray before we go into this word on today. <laughs> Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning, Lord. We just want to say we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the tremendous praise and worship that we had on this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. We thank you for your kindness. Lord, we thank you for your power towards us. Lord, you are omnipotent. You all seeing. You all knowing, Lord Jesus, for everything is in your hand, oh God. And we just honor you, Lord Jesus. And we give your name the honor and the praise, Lord, the glory and the power, Lord, for it's yours and yours alone. For we dare not touch that glory, oh God. For in all that ways, we acknowledge you, Lord, and you said that you would direct our path. We thank you for that on today. We thank you for path direction, Lord. We ask that you forgive us for all our sins, those known and unknown to us, things that we've done, situations that we found ourselves in, Lord. These situations, Lord, that we put ourselves in, oh God, Lord, you will help us, oh God. Lead us and guide us to all truth and understanding. And we'll forever give your name, the honor and the glory, Lord. I ask you to let this word go forth on this day to be nourishment to our spiritual bodies, oh God, and that we'll go on, oh God, and see the year of hope within our lives. May I should do these things to others in Jesus' name. For we know this one thing and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go right into what I believe God has given us today. I've been telling the prayer group in the mornings that um, I've started a new thing, that I have a affirmation that I will read every day. And for this year, that affirmation for me has been, I've just been reading 
um, Psalms, the 37th chapter, Psalms, the 37th chapter is that affirmation for me. And I believe that I felt led that, you know, as we've been reading and God has been working with us and we've been seeing and things that here we are, that Psalms 37 again, Psalms 37. So today I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalms, the 37th chapter. So for this whole year, we're setting the tone for the year. We're setting the vision for the year and what I believe God has us to do. So I, for one, and I encourage you every single day, read this entire chapter in its entirety. We won't read the whole thing today. Um, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure we won't read the whole thing today. And I don't know if we're going to get through all what I believe God has given me today because I don't want to rush it. But I want you to read that 37th Psalm. Every single day, get up in the morning, you know, you brush your teeth, your floor hit, your feet hit the floor, you got it on your cell phone, copy and paste it, whatever you got to do. It's 37 songs. All right, so let me go ahead and see if we can get this switched over here and get a little Bible reading going on. All right, 37 songs. And I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the, uh, probably through verse, I think about 11, I think it is, 12. And it reads as such. It says, Fret not themselves because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For thou shalt soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thou because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they, Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, that shall diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in abundance of peace. We're going to stop right there. No. We're going to go tomorrow. And then verse 12, it says, And then the, the wicked plotteth against the just and gasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Say it with me. For he seeth that the, his day is coming. Coming. He seeth that his day is coming. 
I know we as believers that we anticipate in faith. This is a powerful, powerful scripture here. Just 37 songs. There's so many things that are being said here. So many things that are being portrayed here. And I believe that God has given me a couple of these things that we want to pull out of here that we want to help us to walk through this harvest on this day. So if I was to use for a subject today, and I don't know if it's going to show up. I forgot all about to change the color. Yes. Oh, okay. We can see that. The blueprint to Rehoboth. The blueprint to Rehoboth. Say it with me. The blueprint to Rehoboth. Here, the last couple of years, I've been kind of dibbling and dabbling in real estate. My wife and I, we bought a, you know, we bought a couple of homes and we bought our home. Amen. And I've just been really interested in the different things and how things are made. My wife is a HGTV, or I guess it's called Magnolia Network fan, and she looks at that uh, religiously. Amen. Um, if I'm not if I'm not getting to the TV, I guarantee you, we'll go downstairs right now. And I can turn it on, and you know what? It's probably on Magnolia Network. And that she's always looking at different things because, you know, that's part of the things that she likes and she's good at. It. And she has an eye for decorations and, and an eye for decorum and um, decor. And one of the things that you know I was doing, I would sit there and I would watch with her. And they would often go through times that they would work through houses and stuff, and they would talk about you know, removing walls for to make it more aesthetically pleasing or it to be a more functional space for the individuals who have or who own that home. And they will talk about, well, maybe we'll move this wall or we will add this and we'll add that. And sometimes they would get to a wall that they would go to test to see if it was low, what they call load bearing. A load bearing wall is a wall that is part of the structure that actually is strategically placed in a, um, in a place that what that the load or that the 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 weight that's what they call load um that the weight of the structure is actually pinpointed in over one of those places. So you take for instance that um when we have like a simple tent, sometimes you see that pole in the middle. That would be what we would call a load bearing um pole because they you know the weight of that pole is hope helping to hold up that structure. Now, one of the things that we typically can do is, most, you know, whether you know it's a load-bearing um, structure or not, you know, these guys are professionals. They can look at them and they can tell. But me being an amateur, me being untrained, me being unskilled in that area, I would request this thing called the blueprint. And what we found out about the blueprint, I know a couple of years ago, and I know some of these hip-hop heads. So well, didn't Jay-Z come out with an album called The Blueprint? And he called it The Blueprint, but I'm going to tell you what the, where the real blueprint is. The real blueprint is printed in a form of 66 books, amen. The real blueprint got some real instructions, and it's a blueprint for your life. We find out a blueprint, what a blueprint is, is a blueprint is a document that tells of the structure and how to build a thing. The reason they call it a blueprint because normally you see the white lines that are out um, written on there in a back and was back with a blue paper. Therefore, it adopted the name blueprint. And now with the blueprint here, you see the instructions. The blueprints are very detailed in that they show you how long this wall is supposed to be and how long this is supposed to go and where the bathroom is supposed to go and where this door is supposed to go and where we plan to put some wiring and where they plan to do this and where they plan to do that. It's all the plans. Now, this is the thing about a blueprint. The plans usually have not happened yet. 
Oh, come on, somebody. A blueprint is really more about the plan. A blueprint is that if we do what we said to do, this is our opportunity to write out on paper that which we plan to do. The Bible said this in Habakkuk. He said, write the vision and make it plain. And what God has told us to do is that we need to clearly articulate our vision. I know some of you, you have vision boys, and I believe, amen, that you need to have something to visually stimulate you to tell you every day to remind you what you said. Some of you have things written down. I know for a long time, I used to have things written on my mirror. And believe it or not, I know some say, well, it works. I'm here to tell you. My wife will tell you. She had gotten these little markers. You know how you have the little markers that you can write on stuff with, like the neon markers. And, and I remember she had wrote a, a, a thing on the window, um, not the window, on the mirror in the bathroom to herself because we had like a, her side and my side. And I took that same marker and I started writing some things that I wanted to get accomplished on there. And as I got them accomplished, I erased them off, you know, off the, um, the mirror. Amen. So for a while, every morning I would get up, I would see in my mirror, hey, come on somebody, I would see in my mirror that which I said I wanted to do for me. It was like I wanted to lose a significant amount of weight, hey, amen. And then it was like I wanted to do this and I wanted to accomplish this and we wanted to do these kind of things for our family, hey, amen. And every day I got a reminder when I woke up or anytime I went to our mirror because it would always catch my eye and almost without fail, Every time I walked up to it, then I would what, be reading it, and it would do is what it would do is remind me. Many times, brothers and sisters, we have a lot of good things that we want to do. There, sometimes there's things that God has put on our heart to do. There's things that He's woken you up out of your sleep, and He's told you about. There's things that you consider and you thought about. And you was like, well, I really need to do this. And, and you in your heart, you had purpose to do it, but you didn't write it down. And see, when you don't write things down, then what happens is there's a failure for accountability. Here at the Safe House Church, we believe in accountability. So if I write something down, then that means what I've made myself accountable. So here what a blueprint is, a, a blueprint here is what a plan of what I plan to do. And then that blueprint it says that I'm going to do a wall here and I'm going to put a bathroom here. And what you find, a blueprint doesn't mean that it's the end all say all because the blueprint is a plan. And in that plan, plans sometimes are subject to change depending on the situation because I might have a blueprint for a basement, but I don't have a lot that has a basement um, filler. Oh, come on, somebody. Are y'all with me? My lot is not conducive to a basement. Or oh, I have a plan to have six bedrooms in this house, and, and I find out that my, my land only perks for four. Mm -hmm. So that what? Because of circumstances and sometimes the situation, this is what I have planned to do. However, doesn't mean that I'm going to stop doing it, but there may be a modification in my plan. Oh, come on, somebody. Are y'all with me this morning? So sometimes God calls us and we have these great and grand plans. And I know I've had plans and I had the things. And somebody used to always often say, say, you want, you know, give God a good laugh. Tell him about your plans. Now, you know, now that's not Bible. That's something, you know, that people would say, amen. But it does encourage us. And the Bible tells us that we should write the vision and we should make it plain. There's nothing wrong with you writing plans. There's nothing wrong with things that you would want to do. For the Bible said that he shall give you the desires of your heart in Psalms 37 and 4. And, then, you know, you can look at that twofold in that, that way. The things that you desire, you got from him. So, therefore, what? The things that you desire and you got them from him, then that means that what? He's giving you the, them to pursue. And that means he must have also given you the tools that were necessary for you to get them. Amen. And we got to look at these kind of things. But what are we doing to hold ourselves accountable? As we talk about this blueprint to Rehoboth, amen. Rehoboth, what? It's open spaces. I believe and we believe here at the Safe House Church that in 2023 that God has many 
open spaces for you. And what I want to know is what are you going to do with the open space? What are you going to do with the open space? Come on, somebody. That God is giving you now room. He's giving you talent. He's giving you harvest. He gave us all last year. We talked about the year of double harvest. Some of you are now financially in better shape than you've probably ever been in your life. Some of you have more now, access more to more things than you ever had in your life. Some of you have new situations and new circumstances. Some of you have new new you know, um, jobs and new and, and new influence and all these things that you have. And I'm asking you today, what do you plan to do with them? Because what the blueprint to Rehoboth, what am I going to do with the open spaces? What am I going to do with my new circle of influence? What am I going to do with the new power that God has given me? What am I going to do with the authority he's given me? What am I going to do in this new atmosphere? And I'm here to tell you today, the Bible said what, that he would give you the desires of your heart, that what that we are to trust him. And since he's going to give me the desires, that there's some things that he's going to put in my heart to do. There's some things he's going to ask me to do. There's some things that, because I remember I'm not my own. I've been bought with the price and that price was his blood that was shed on Calvary. So now that I'm not in the space that I'm just in because I want to be in it. I'm not just doing what I want to do there because I want to do it. But that when God has a divine plan in Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans that I have for you and they are to prosper and give you good success. So he's there to give you good success, but you also there to touch somebody. You also there to change your life. You also there to have influence. You also there to have impact and don't make no mistake about it that you are where you are, that you're doing what you're doing. God has put you where he's put you. He's moved you where he's moved you. He's giving you the double harvest for a reason. And I'm asking you today is take the time, write the vision, make it plain, write that blueprint to Rehoboth. That blueprint to Rehoboth has some certain things in it. There are some limitations in the blueprint that God puts limitations. God is a God of unlimits. He doesn't have any limits, but God puts limitations in the blueprint for a reason. Why does he put those limitations in there? Because those blue, those limitations that exist in that blueprint is to what? To keep you and I from getting in harm's way. See, when I think about it, you know, many of you have pets and you have dogs and I see people who treat their dogs way better than they do humans. Amen. Sometimes in certain states that some dogs have more rights than humans. You can get more time in jail for killing a dog than you can a human. But I digress. I'm going to get away from that. But here, here's the point. The point is, is that for your dog, you might build a fence and you build a fence and you'll make sure that this fence has these kind of things. And you make sure this fence has a door, excuse me, that the, the dog can go in and out of. And you make sure that this fence can do these kind of things and you make sure that your dog don't get hurt. Well, what God is doing is a good owner, is a good God, as a as as Lord of all of us, amen. Lord meaning what? Ownership. And he owns us all. That what he prepares a way for us. He gives us some boundaries. And with these boundaries, he said, look, if you effectively meet these boundaries and go through and, and, and use these boundaries as part of your discipline, then what? You'll be protected and then I'll bless you. He gave them boundaries in the Garden of Eden. Remember, he told them, do anything you want to do, but don't eat of this tree. That was a boundary. So even in us making these blueprints, that God wants you to make these blueprints. I want you to think and dream and, and do all these things. But there are some blueprints to this. There are some limitations to this. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. Number one, I'm going to give you a couple of these as we talk about this blueprint to Rehoboth. What is the blueprint to Rehoboth? How do we go to the next level that God has us to be and wants us to do? Number one, I believe that he wants us to, if I can get it to show up here on the screen, amen. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. I tell you, I might have a little bit of trouble. I don't think it's going to be too much. Respect. Number one, he wants us to respect. 
The Bible tells us there in Psalms 37, it says that what? That we should not fear the evildoers, that these evildoers and not be jealous and be envious of them. But what we do is we do respect. I respect my enemy to be my enemy. Mm -hmm. I respect the snake that if I touch him, he's going to bite me because you know what? He's biting me, not because he just wants to bite me, but he's biting me because in fear of what I would do to him. Do you not know that I understand and I've gotten to the point that I understand a lot of people lash out. A lot of people do things to you and I um, almost unintentionally. It's not that people want to be vicious and bad to you. It's not that people want to do these things, but sometimes it's out of a, what? Protection. And they're doing things to protect themselves. And I mean, I think about it, you know, in times that I've done things that I've not been proud of and I've not had my proudest moment, what was I trying to do? That was my way of protecting myself. If somebody said something about me and we used to do this thing what we call snapping or jonesing or whatever uh, or making fun of each other and, and somebody would say something and then they, well, it hurt my feelings, then I have to find what the most nastiest, most derogatory thing that I could say back to them to try to hurt their feelings. And in our community, we laughed about that thing. In my home, we laughed about that. But then I've been around other circles. People don't laugh no more. What I understand, I have to respect the space that I'm in. That what that might have been cool when I grew up. That might have been cool in the neighborhood I grew up in. But when the Bible says it like this, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And some people sometimes want us to still live in this child man mentality. Listen, I'm 45 years old. There's nothing else child about me. Amen. And at some point I have to grow up. So yes, that was fun. That was what we did as children. But now what? God is putting you in a new level. God is giving you a new situation. He's taking us from the harvest now to Rehoboth. There's new open spaces. And now what? People are looking up to you instead of you looking up to other people. I don't know about you, but I, you know, but I found myself in a place now that a lot of my mentors and people I looked up to and things like that are now going on. Amen. They're going on to their reward. And some of them have, have died and moved on. Amen. But now I'm starting to look. And then there's other people now who look up to me. Now all of a sudden, I become an elder almost overnight. And I'm trying to figure out when did somebody tell me I was going to get that title? When did somebody tell me I was going to get that? And it's a thing that happens over time, and if we are not careful, then we will be propagating to the generation behind us some of the bad and stupid and idiotic things that we've been doing that we thought was that we always said that we wouldn't do. You find yourself doing, amen. So, what I find that God tells us, let's be respectful. Yes, I don't have to like your point of view. Yes, I don't have to always agree with you. Yes, I don't always have to like what you did, but I will respect you. If that's what you do, that's what you do, but I also ask that you give me the same respect. Because you know I don't like this or you know I'm not going to deal with that. Give me the same respect. And I've learned sometimes God has a way of, of, of doing it that, you know what, when they want to do certain things, they don't even invite you no more. When certain things about to go down or they, they know you ain't going to go for it, don't take that as a sign of you being dissed. I had to learn, and I, you know, and God has blessed me, and people know what I stand for and what I'm about, and I try to be authentic about that, and I try to be consistent in that. And because of that, there's certain things they don't even invite me to. Now, the human side of me feelings is hurt. I'm like, well, if everybody else is out partying, if everybody else is at this thing, everybody else is there, why am I invited to the party? I'm, I'm not good enough. You started getting into this self-pity thing. But what I also find now is that as I gotten older, that it's actually a sign of respect. That I respect you enough to not see you here. I remember as, as a child, you know, back in the hood, it was always that thing like, you the one that got the talent. You the one that got the ability to make it. So we don't want you dealing in this because we're going to find ourselves in trouble at some point, And we know that. And since we know we're going to find ourselves in trouble, we prefer you not to be here because you got some talents. 
that we don't have. And that's what I'm telling you. That's what some of you are today. So as you make your blueprints, remember that, that people are watching whether they tell you or not. People are looking whether they tell you or not. And respect them and respect the position that they're in. Some of them will tell you and tell you, you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Some of them be wanting to slit your throat. But the Bible also told us what? Don't be envious of that. This is why we're reading Psalms 37 this year. He said, don't be envious of that. He said, for soon they will be cut off and they will be cut down and they will wither away as the green herb. So what is he saying to me? He's saying what? Stay steadfast, stay unmovable. And what? They hang on in there. Hang on in there. See, oftentimes the way he said that way, you know, the, you know, I think I heard this first from Floyd Mayweather. He says, tough times don't always last, but tough people do. How tough are you? Second thing I want to be able to give you today that I believe God has dropped on my heart as you make your blueprint. Remember, this is an individual thing. Is that what? Something I struggle with. Be patient. Be patient. What do you mean by be patient, Pastor? Things will work together. The Bible said, for all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are what? Called according to his purpose. Be patient. I don't know about you, but, you know, especially when I was younger, I wanted things to happen right now. Boom, 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 boom. I got the degree. Why ain't I making $100,000? Lord, I got this, and I'm married now. Why ain't I got, like, 50 kids? And I got this, and I, no, not 50. I ain't want that, man. But if I got this, and I got that, Lord, why don't I have this, and I have that? And I see things that others had, and wasn't that you were envious but you knew that you had the capacity to have them. And then knowing that you had the capacity to have them, you wanted them. And like, Lord, why ain't I got them? And why don't I have them faster? And sometimes uh, I learned this, and I saw this on yesterday, and I, and, I, and I wrote this down, and I said it was Bishop Dale, um, Bishop, um, Dale Bonner. And he said this. He says, quick success builds your ego. It's a powerful quote, but slow success builds your character. Quick success builds your ego. Because why? You get to the point, look what I've done. Look how fast this has happened. Oh, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Nah, 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 nah. And we get into this thing, ego. We know what ego stands for. Edging God out. Because now what? You saying that I've done it. You said, Lord, ain't nothing you done, but look at me. Look at me. Look at me. All eyes on me. It's about me. It's about me. When slow success says, you know what? I understand, God, if it weren't for your mercy. Lord, I understand, God, that I messed up majorly. Lord, they should have fired my behind. Lord, if I was in another situation, the way I was insubordinate, the way I talked back to my boss, the way I did this, I deserved to be fired. I was begging to be fired. But God's mercy, God's grace, that he had a plan. That God put you in a place that somebody gave you a mentor who can grab you by the collar and say, sit yourself down somewhere, boy. Listen and learn something for a minute. I'm grateful to have those kind of people in my life. You know, and like I was saying, a lot of them are moving on and going on and a lot of them are aging to the point that, you know, different things are happening. But now I find myself in that position to say, come on, young man, sit down. I remember you were just like me. And yes, I deserve, you know, I'll never forget. I was in position as I was a supervisor and there was a guy who did something every bit, every bit of my head. I know I should have fired him. But you know what? God brought my memories back. Because that was something that a young Peter did that was stupid. There was something that a young Peter did that should have gotten him fired. And you know what? I didn't get fired. In fact, what he did was he grabbed me by the collar and he sat me down and said, you know, I should be letting you go right now. However, I believe 
in what you got. And you just need some mentorship. So if you're willing to sit down and listen, I'm going to help you. And to this day, that lesson has stuck with me. And it made me a better person. It made me a better professional. It made me a better individual. It made me a better pastor and a better husband. And I had now what? I was in a position that I could do the same for somebody else. Young man, I should have been fired. I should have let him go. But in my heart, I knew I did this before too. See, this is why we need people who walk the walk. See, you got these people who just get the stuff overnight. That don't mean nothing. So you know what? I get it. You know, we've been in ministry for five years. I ain't got 500 people busting down our church door. But we're going to keep walking this walk and we're going to keep building this character. So that when we get 500 people, we'll know how to keep them. When we get 500 people, we'll know how to tell them that, well, you know what? We've been here one over five of us. So y'all stay great. If you don't, if they said there's the door. Because we can stand for a standard because we know we won't be built on that. This is why the process, look, again, quick success builds ego. Look what we did. Look how we compromised to make this happen. But that slow success says, God, I'm going to trust you. Lord, I don't see it all right now, but I got a plan. And what, we're going to take step by step by step by step. And we started here, and now we're here, and we started there, and now we're there. And we're going to continue to what? To step this thing out. It's a step-by-step process. So be patient in all that you're doing. Be patient. Let me give you another point I believe God has given me to share with you on this morning. He tells us in Psalm, and all of these you will find verbatim right here pretty much in um, Psalms 37. He says this, do good, do good. Some of you have the ability to do extraordinarily good to some people. Some of you in situations and circumstances that God has blessed you. He's blessed you financially. He's blessed you to have influence. He's blessed you to be able to say the word and you can change somebody's situation. You can say the word and you can hire somebody. You can say the word and you can bless somebody financially. You can say the word and you can make sure that this family eats or they get clothes on their back and they get shoes on their feet. Or you have the ability to open up some things and change some things. Do good. The Bible says it like this. What you've done to the least of us, you've done unto the Lord. So not only I'm going to respect, not only I'm going to be patient, but while I'm being patient, I'm going to do good. I get it. You know, I have businesses and stuff, and sometimes I have to charge for my time. I do. I don't charge for my gift. Well, I, my gift is my gift. If I'm working with you, and, and you know, it's one of the things I get, you know, I, I do a lot of tutoring and stuff, right? I'm charging for my time because my time is the only thing I know I'm not giving back. And to be honest, that's not even a fair trade. I'm trading time for money. When you go to your job, you trade time for money. Think about it. There's always more money. The United States, we continually print money. We run out of money. What do we do? We go print some more. It's okay. That's what we do. But my time, that's why it's so valuable to us, right? Your time is what? You don't know how much you've got left. Like I told you, I buried three or four classmates last year. I don't know. Yes, they dying at 44 and 45. Yes, the strange things are happening. Yes, people are dying in accidents and health is failing them and all kinds of stuff. We don't know where that turn is going to be for us. We pray. We trust God. We trust him to continue to love on us and deliver us and keep us. But we don't know. You don't know. So we trade our time for the money. So why are we doing that? Let's be good to people. You don't have to charge for every single thing you do. 
But if it's going to take a amount of your time, be fair. And the Bible says business be like business, man, but be fair. Let's go. I have another one that I believe God has given us. And it comes right out of the word. He told us to do what? He said, delight yourself. Delight yourself. You all, this should not be a arduous journey. We should be having fun. God is good. <laughs> and his mercy endure forever. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to enjoy my children. I mean, I spent time with my family yesterday. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm trying to collect. We don't know how much of this time we got left. So I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to delight myself in what? That, okay, God, this is what you're giving me. This is what we have to work with. And I'm, and I'm going to work with that. And I'm going to be satisfied until you change it. I'm going to be satisfied until you change it. I'm not saying that I'm just done. No, no, no. We always progressively want to get better. But as I make my plan on Rehoboth, it says that what? Whatever you give me, God, I'm going to be satisfied with this until you say it was time to move. You know, I was very satisfied on my job. You, many of you know now God has blessed me to go work you know, at NASA for the next couple of years. I had no intention of going anywhere. I had no intention of doing anything. And, you know, like I said, you know, as I testified, a colleague sent me something and this and some things are changing. And I felt the poking in the nest. You know, the eagle, when the eagles try to make the eagle get out the nest, they start doing what? They tell us that they start putting bras and all these things in the nest to make the nest very uncomfortable for that eagle. So that the eagle, what? At some point, he has to get out or he has to endure all those things that make them uncomfortable. And I found myself in that situation and that forced me to look out a little bit different. And now look what God has done. Why? Because we don't give ourselves that ability to, to have that credit and say, okay, God, I want to trust you because I'm comfortable here. My bills are paid here. My children are taken care of here. Lord, it doesn't require me to have a lot more faith. Yes, I have faith that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. But for me to have that mustard seed faith, Lord, to believe that you're about to move a mountain, it requires more. So God is testing me just like he's testing you. I'm asking you today, are you delighting yourself in what you have? And then watch him move you forward. Here's another one. Commitment. Woo, big one, commitment. Are you committed? Are you committed to what you're doing? Are you committed to your faith? Are you committed to the plan? If you told yourself at the end of the year, we're going to save $20,000, and you've written out a plan the way to save $20,000, I guarantee you, without fail, there's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to challenge that, that 20, you saving $20,000. I promise you, the car going to break down. There's going to be, you know, the hot water heater going to bust. It's how life is. But... How do you work through that? How do you work through when those commitments get challenged? I would suggest that you're really not committed to it until you start to make that move. See, we can talk about it all we want. And we talk about right now this plan. But as we write this plan, I'm going to go forward. Your plan is going to be tested. It's a part of it. You're going to be tested. But what are you going to do in the day of testing? Are you going to stand up and say, okay, God. This is you and I, and we got to figure this thing out. I challenge you. What are you going to do? All right? So then there's another one. This is all right here, right in 37 Psalms. Then he told us to do what? He told us also to rest. Some of you are workaholics. 
I know I'm in that category too. I enjoy work. I find joy in doing what I do. I know my wife, she enjoys work. She finds joy in what she's doing. It's how we contribute to our society. I find joy in ministering to you all every single week. And I find joy in getting up in the morning and praying with you all. But there is a time that we have to rest. Because we are limited by what? The bodies that we're in. See, the, you know, the Bible says like this, and it's just not applied, it's just, it's just that one part. It said that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I know we often hear that in the context of people talking about sin, but your body physically is weak. I cannot go 24 hours without getting some sleep. I'm going to cause my body to start to break down, especially if I'm not already healthy. My mental capacity will break down. I start hallucinating and all kinds of stuff. I start making poor judgment. So get some rest. Commit yourself to getting rest. I know you. some of you say, I got this, I got that, and this is where I'm at, and I've been going through this and this year, and I was telling my wife, and I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I said, I got to find a way, because I feel myself getting sucked into a new rat race. Why? Because I'm people-pleasing. But what about this one? What about that one? I want this one to this and that. And I had to make a decision, you know, even though yesterday I had two or three different meetings that were important meetings. And I had to think about it. And I thought about it from this point of view. And this is how, and I just share you with you all my thought process in this. Because, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm still human. I struggle. I got things I got to do too. And I told you I had two parties yesterday. And I also had two meetings. All four things wanted to go on at the same time. And ain't but one Peter. So I found myself and I had to I had to stop and I had to think about that thing. And I said, well, if I was to lay on my deathbed today, what would matter the most? Would it matter me being on this meeting? Yes, my colleagues are nice and they're wonderful people. They would have sent emails. They might even send some flowers and maybe two or three of them might have showed up at my funeral. But then I thought about my niece and my mother-in-law and I thought about my niece, where she is. She'll be here for her uncle. I know that. So I'm not going to neglect this one moment in time for like 50 more meetings I know I'm going to have. Are y'all with me? There are going to be 50 more times that I'm going to have meetings and we're going to do this thing over and over and over again. But my niece won't going to turn them 16 one time. And I'm helping somebody today. I know I'm a little longer than I am, but we, we cast in vision for the year. So these are decisions I'm hoping I'm helping you. You got to make. Find time to rest or your body will make you rest. Find time to get in exercise or your body will let you down. I'm doing my part. I'm back in the gym. I made it every day last week and I'm sore right now. But I'm trying to commit myself to rest in a healthy lifestyle because I got more work to do. And my body needs to be in good working order for me to be here to be able to do that work. So not even the rest is just a physical rest, but mental rest. I've been running so hard for the last eight, nine years. I don't have time to think about things. You know, as soon as I get done with this, I get done with that. Oh, I got to go read my Bible. I got to go figure out, you know, what we're going to do here, what we're going to do there. Lord, we got to run and see if we can get a place here. Can we get this here? Oh, now the computer acting up, this, that. Now, I mean, it's always something. But I'm telling you, we're, what? we're making a plan, a blueprint to Rehoboth. You're making your blueprint because you know what Rehoboth looks like in your life. This is not about you. I'm just giving you some insight on what God has given us, the limitations that we have to deal with, the rules that he's given us, and then what? You know what it is that he's told you to do.
So therefore, the plan for Peter's family is not the plan for your family. But the restraints, these here to my left and to my right, these are. All right? So then he tells us the rest. And you'll find this. Go back and read 37 through 11. And you'll find everything I just told you. It's in the scripture. I don't have to make this up. I just pulled it out. Next one. Be meek. <laughs> this is our last one. Be meek. Remember eight? Uh-oh. I didn't miss the number here. Uh-oh. Uh, seven tried to hide from me. Okay. Sorry about that. Stay calm. Number seven. Stay calm. I don't know about you, but Pastor can get himself worked up sometimes. I know some of you can get yourself worked up sometimes. Been around some of you all. I've seen some of you get upset. I've seen some of you get mad. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, you know, anger. I mean, we can anger, but not what? Not the sin in that. But you're not knowing when we anger and when we get all of that, usually we make poor decisions. It, it elevates our blood pressure. It puts us in a place that we shouldn't be. We put a, it puts us in a, in a in a state of mind that we are just so stressed out. And you know, stress will kill you. They tell us that one of the number one things from heart attack is stress. What about this? What about that? And you get all hyped up in every situation. And I know that's one of the things I got to work on. You know, last week, you know, we put our kids, you know, our kids ride the bus and the bus didn't come for a whole hour. And we sitting out there and I'm getting to the point. I'm like, okay, now I ain't seen my boy. I love my son. I ain't seen my boy here at kindergarten. Where is he at? And the school ain't telling us nothing. And this and I felt that I felt Peter rising. I was not very calm, I'm gonna be honest. So these are things that I work on too now. So now, you know, yeah, like any parent, you know, I can't find my child and nobody telling me nothing. Don't make me have to be that one. But that's not how God's called us to act. That what, when things get in trouble, when things go around, when things go crazy, he wants us to be calm, cool, and collected. He gives us an example of that. Remember when Jesus was in the boat and they said they were going to the other side? And while they was in that boat, Jesus already told them that they were going to the other side, that they was crossing. But while they was crossing, what happened? The Bible says that a big storm came up and they were taking on water and all this stuff. And those, those who were on board were going nuts and they were just losing their mind. They had lost everything and they went down there and they woke Jesus up. And Jesus comes up there and said, well, what is wrong with y'all? They're like, oh God, can't you see this going on? And Jesus looked at them and said, peace be still. And they all in all, what matter of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him? Wow. So what I'm learning is, and not staying calm in these situations is, because everybody else is going to be panicking. But you need to know and trust that you know who has tomorrow. So in that time, that was my lack of faith. I knew God had my boy. But the human side and that flesh side of me was like, ready to fight and flight. What I got to go do? You know? That's the human side of us. And this is that faith walk that we all walk with, we all struggle with. You're not the only one, beloved. I know sometimes people think we as believers that we don't have any problems. Not true, not true. We got many problems. This is all the problems you have, but we deal with them differently. So he's telling us, stay calm. Because I got you. I got this. Those I take care of those who believe. Right? And the last one, eight, but the number of new beginnings, amen. And I already showed it to y'all one time already. Be meek. Be meek. What does being meek mean? I had to look that up. I said, what is being meek? It means to be submissive. 
Not my will, but your will. So I've made this plan to Rehoboth. I made this plan to new beginnings. I made this plan to wide open spaces. I've made this plan to go forth. But Lord, you might tell me I need to change it a little bit. Will I be meek enough to say, not my will, but your will, Lord? Will I be meek enough to say, Lord, okay, I get it. I'll pull back. Okay, Lord, I, I, I know this is a little aggressive. Will you be that meek? Will you be able to do that? So as you see here, I've given you an outline. I've given you eight things that you need to consider as you write your blueprint to Rehoboth. And I challenge you to sit down with your wife and, or you sit down with your husband and those who are single, sit down and seek the Lord. Lord, what is Rehoboth look like for this family this year? And as you do that, then what, you all will work together and respect one another. You'll be patient with one another. You'll do good to each other. You'll delight yourself in what God has given you. You'll be committed to it during the tough times. You'll learn to rest and give your body rest and give each other rest. But even when things go awry, that you'll stay calm. And then you'll be meek enough to say, okay, we need to change course. So what am I saying today, church, that our vision for the Safe House Church this year is as us as individuals to continue to grow because the better we grow individually, the better we are collectively. Now, we're going to respect others' decisions that maybe don't want to work with us. We're going to be patient as God opened up doors for us to go different places and us to, you know, the various places that we're going to worship this year. Amen. That we open up our doors and we're going to call and ask people to come. We're going to do good in our community that the Safe House Church is going to continue to do good in East Greensboro. We're going to delight ourselves in what God has given us. If it's five people or 500 people, we're going to serve God and we're going to stay what? Committed to our prayer life. We're going to stay committed to what God has given us. We're going to stay committed to this vision. And then we're going to take time to rest. I want you to go on vacation with your family. Just give us hands up, Pastor. We out. Go and have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Take care of one another. And we see you when you get back. That's important. Because our first ministry is here at the home. What good is it for me to win all over the world, all over the internet, all over with people, and I, yet I lose with my family? Because I, I believe y'all love me. I, I believe you do. But when they, as they say, when they, when they hit the fan, as they say, and I'm laying there, they're going to ask, are you family? Are you blood related? They ain't letting you in. Even though I know you would want to come in. And I would appreciate that. But those are going to be the ones. So I got to make sure life is good with them. I'm telling you, you make sure that life is good with them. All right? Then the last thing, what? Stay calm. We cannot get, oh, lose our head about us in everything and every situation. Because that's what the world do. They lose their head. Things go on. They go crazy. And they this. And they falling all out and all kinds of stuff. Why? Because they don't have the faith that we have. So if we have the faith that we have, we need to act like we have the faith. And because we have faith means that what well, I don't I don't go nuts. Jesus won't worry about what was going on in that boat. Because he knew at the end of the day, if he needed to, he could walk on the water. And you need to know that at the end of the day, if you needed to, that you can walk on the water. <laughs> Why? Because you know him who does walk on the water. And be me that what? Plans are subject to change. Things are subject to change. Situations are subject to change, but we be gracious to each other and we take care of each other. And that even in this, we're going to always be a church that's going to take care of our family, 
I know others, I've seen others say things where this church don't do this, they don't do that. Well, I'm going to tell you what here, and I'm very clear about this. Here at the Safe House Church, we do inreach before we do outreach. I don't, and this is, you know, call it like what you want, but I'm talking about the Safe House. How can we go help everybody else around us and be a blessing to everybody else and our own mem- our own members suffer? So there are members that, who've been supporting this church, who've been tied in this church, and they find themselves in need. Yes, we're going to support them. Yes, we're going to take care of them. Because I know they're not going to always be there, but we all hit rough patches. We all hit rough spots. I'll never forget when I first got married, and I'm about to close. When I first got married, you know, my wife and I had a job, and, I, and you know, some things, and we hit some rough patches. You know, I think probably well, a month after we got married, my wife's car broke down. A major repair. We had a, oh, she blew a head gasket. That head gasket cost like $1,300 to repair. And my wife had to get back and forth to work. She worked almost an hour away. And we were a young couple. We were, what, 24, 25? I was teaching school. You know, I don't know school teachers don't make any money. They really ain't make no money 20 years ago. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, I was barely making it. She was doing what she could do. And here I am, a brand new husband. I want to make sure that this is right for my my wife. I need to make sure this is right for my wife. I don't want to ask my in-laws. I just, we just, just got married. We ain't even been married six months. And here we go. Do you see what I'm saying? But then there were people what, who were good to me. I'll never forget at our, um, our old church, you know, one of the men there, his brother, your brother Neil, his brother was a mechanic. God bless his soul. I mean, he's no longer with us. And I reached out to him and he said he fixed my car on credit. A $1,500 repair, he fixed Felicia's car. And he repaired that car and he said, look, I trust that you'll pay me because I know your pedigree. See, sometimes it's, it pays to have what a good name. I know I know your family and I know y'all people of your word. See, my grandfather had a good name in the community. Everybody didn't like him, but he had a good name that he did what he's supposed to do and he took care of people. And because of his name, watch this, because of what he did, it blessed me. So all these blessings that we're looking for, sometimes the blessing ain't just for you. It's going to be what you've done now, that the good that you've done, it may bless your grandchildren. And even to this day, you know, my grandfather's gone on with the Lord now. I don't even think he knew that it was because of his name, my car got fixed. God fixed our car. I told him, you know, at the end of the year, that's when school teacher we would get this little bonus thing at the end of the year they call our supplement. And I always heard, you know, I had never gotten them before, but I always heard that they normally get, you know, you talk to the other teacher, they say we get about $1,000. So I purposed in my heart that my whole supplement, was going. I was going to take that money and I was going to pay him my supplement, it is what it is, to have my wife's car fixed. So for three months, Felicia drove that car and we had to pay the dime. Car was fixed, car was working great. And for three months, Felicia drove that car and I got my money. And when I got my money, True to, learn, true to form, just like I said I would, I went and I paid the man and we paid him, and that was a blessing. Never stepped foot in our church. Only time I ever saw him was there. But I'm here to tell you today that God would make a way. You never know. As a young family, like I said, we were struggling. You know, but God made a way. And I'm here to be, to be proof. It don't mean that we don't have some things now, but we are nowhere where we used to be. And that came from our faithfulness. And I can talk to you from experience. I've been married now 20 years, so I know a couple of things. It came from my, you know, our, you know, God's mercy towards us that we've always been tithers. 
We always bless God and tithe and offering, even when it hurt. There was a time that I didn't even have a job, and I was paying tithe off my credit card. I know some people say that was stupid, but I know what? It blessed me. And I live here and I sit here today not having to do that anymore. I live here, sit here today, not having to live from paycheck to paycheck anymore. But there was a time that I did, and I'm here to tell you. But God made a way, and I'm a living witness. If you will stay faithful and commit to him and be patient and do good and delight yourself and rest and calm and be meek, he would do it for you too. He'd do it for you too. We didn't have no money. God blessed us. He opened up the door. And because of my grandfather's name, I got blessed. How many people in your family may be blessed because of what you did? Oh, your, your, your great aunt, she was good to my children. You don't owe us anything. Are you sure? No, you don't owe us anything. Oh, your people, oh, they took care of us before. We feel like this is the least we could do. You see what I'm saying? And the Bible said, well, goodness and mercy shall what? Follow them all the days of their life. Does goodness and mercy chase you? God bless you all. I love you all. I hope that you found this message to not only be a, a dynamic message, but also be one that you start to set the boundaries in your life for what God is going to do for you in 2023. I ask that you write all of these down. Hold on to them. Commit them to memory and know that what, that you're moving from Harvest to Rehoboth. And in that, there's a blueprint that you write the vision and you make it plain. God bless you all. I love you all. At this point in time, we're going to give you the opportunity to get the first tithes and offering of the year. Here at the Safe House Church, we believe in giving tithes and offering in support, in support of the ministry. Um, we do our time and offering here by the way of the Cash App. You can cash up us at dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Again, that's dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Or you can do PayPal. That's paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Or you can write us a check or money order to Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box. 862 Summerfield, North Carolina 27358. Again, that's Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862 Summerfield, North Carolina 27358. God bless you all, love you all, and you take care. All right, all right, all right. We had a chance to bless him in offering. Amen. I'm just so grateful. I am looking forward to what God is going to do for many of you all on this year. So many great things that God has in store. But we have to do our part. And your part is that you start right now on that vision and you make it plain as he's giving you the blueprint to Rehoboth. He's giving you the stuff. Now what are you going to do with it? God bless you all. Love you all. Remember on next week, we'll have our prayer at 6 a.m. Um, please go to our, you can go to our website and you can join our prayer group. There's just a Zoom link there. You can click on that Zoom link and you can come right into our prayer group. We pray every morning, Monday through Friday from 6 to 6.30 a.m. Again, that's from 6 to 6.30 a.m. Um, that we get together in a corporate prayer and pray. God bless you all. Love you all. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. And remember that we're walking from Blueprint to um, blueprint to Rehoboth. Take care. Love you. Bye-bye.